This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Greetings in Jesus' name. We are in the year of purification, and God is at work in our lives. It is so encouraging to know that wonderful things are happening. in your life even as you respond to god some things are so evident so uh, so plain before your eyes you can see progress you can see god doing things and there is so much of power in god's word and as i've said before i want to say it again god's word has the power to make you what it says about you man god's word has the power to make you what it says about you hallelujah and that's the comfort of sitting under god's word do you know that god's word will never lie to you it has the power to to make you what it says about you to take you to the place that it tells about it talks about man that's the power of god's word and all you have to do is believe say believe say receive and respond are you ready to believe the word of god are you ready to receive the word of god are you ready to respond to the word of god then great things are going to happen in your life amen Hallelujah do not harden your heart tell your neighbor do not harden your heart hallelujah you know i will make it very plain to you there is a human tendency which hardens the heart it's a human tendency which hardens the heart when it surfaces out in the in the physical that's when people have heart attacks but in the spiritual it can happen hardening of the heart It's a human tendency and as God's children, we must not allow the heart to be hardened. You must not allow, you must take the effort to not allow the heart, your heart to be hardened. Amen. Hallelujah. Every day you must check your heart, whether it is hardened towards God and the things of God. Keep it soft before God. Keep your heart soft toward God, tender toward God, receptive towards God. We've been... Uh, looking at various aspects of purity in the past several months from the time we started this year we looked into purity in relationships where we discussed about marriage we discussed about sexual purity and touched the topics of immorality and the likes we talked about parenting we talked about friendships uh, so on and so forth then we talked about purity in, in leadership where we discussed about god's order when it comes to leadership that god has given gifts to the church and raised up leaders as gifts and we talked about honor we've been dwelling on the topic of honor then we talked about purity in ministry how we must respond to the call of god and rise up and there is a void when when god shows a void and says now you have to rise up in that space you have to rise up respond to the call of god with purity in your heart and sincerity we talked about obedience obedience we were looking at barak who was known for his lightning speed obedience he obeyed god with lightning speed he obeyed the the call of god which came to him through the the prophetess placed over him and he responded immediately and we looked at different things in this connection whether you are keeping a tab of it or not i'm excited to know that god is doing a deep cleansing in our lives and i praise god for those of you who are responding to the word man and i want to prophesy to some of you that by the end of this year you look back at this year and say 2023 was the most incredible year of my life because god dealt with me very closely say closely 
God wants to deal with you very closely this year and bring about changes, deep changes. Say deep changes. If you desire for that, I, I know that some of you are desiring for that, the deep changes in the way you live your life, in the way you walk with Jesus. I want to prophesy over you. Some of you are going to testify that 2023 has been the year when God dealt with you so closely, so closely. He dealt with the depths of your being. You are a changed person by the end of this year. Because you responded to the call of God. You responded to the, the call unto purity and holiness. And God is going to bring about, the power of his word is going to bring about a change. Like I said, God's word has the power to make you what it says about you. If it talks about holiness, it, it has the power to make you? That's right, holy. If it, it talks about purity, it has the power to make you pure. Man, respond, respond, respond. Respond to God's word. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to tell you some age-old issues, some, uh, some things that you, you consider as lifelong issues, maybe age-old issues. I'm talking about character issues, attitudinal issues will be dealt with. You will get rid of those issues this year. Amen. How many of you have character issues? Wow. I have a church full of people with character issues. What am I dealing with? Lord, help me. Have mercy on me. Praise God. Praise God that we are honest. Amen. I have character issues. I have major problems with my attitude. God has been dealing with it. And this year, all the more intensely. And the Lord has been so gentle with me. Intense and gentle at the same time. Only God can do it like that. Intense yet gentle. Hallelujah. Intense yet gentle. All that takes of you is respond. Hallelujah. Man, what is the theme for this month according to the calendar that we got? That's right. Purity in? So we're going to talk about deeds. Say deeds. Say actions. And we're going to drill deep and break it down. So as to simplify this. So that God can help us with our deeds. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 13 verse 11. Do this knowing the time. That it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. Say sleep. Say awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is... The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave bravely as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its loss. Amen. So what is this, this verse talking about, this passage talking about? Say it is the hour. To awaken from sleep. Tell your neighbor, wake up from the sleep. It is the hour to awaken from our sleep. The Bible also tells us why is it the hour to wake up from the sleep. Because salvation is nearer. Say nearer. The salvation which we believed through Christ Jesus is nearer to us than when we believed it first. Amen. That's why we must wake up. We must wake up because salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. Night is almost gone, the Bible says. Night is almost gone. And the day is near. Therefore, we must lay aside deeds of darkness. Say deeds of darkness. 
and it goes on to say behave properly tell your neighbor behave properly let's not pretend we have behavioral problems do you all have behavior problems i have the church has behavioral problems those in the church when i say the church i mean those in the church have behavioral problems let us stop pretending that everything is okay because people come to church just because you walk into church does not make you get rid of your behavioral problems but because you sit inside church god can deal with your behavioral problems church is a good place to get fixed the company of believers is a good place to get fixed where we get stimulated unto good deeds and unto love so we must not pretend say pretend say don't pretend say don't pretend the church has been pretending at large i would say the church at large has been pretending as if everything is okay whether you like it or not the holy spirit will not pretend as if everything is okay it is the hour that's what the bible says it is the hour to awaken from sleep if we can all pretend and go to heaven then we are safe everything is okay you believe i believe you all believe we are all going to heaven so let's all pretend everything is fine no everything is not fine we got saved but we are also being saved we are going through the process a process a man of perfection in the spiritual we've been perfected but in this realm we are being perfected a man we are being perfected whether you whether you like it or not the holy spirit is not going to pretend it is the hour salvation is nearer say nearer it is that time it is about time the church lays aside deeds of darkness it is about time the church stopped pretending so god is not interested in helping people who don't want help you know that god is not interested he will not waste time on people who refuses to take his help when i am saying this i want you to know that some of us fall under that category where we refuse to receive help from the holy spirit who is given to us as our helper and god is not interested to help anybody who refuses to take help because god does not like pretense one thing that he does not like is pretense he looks for truth in the innermost beings the bible says he desires to see truth in the innermost beings so he does not like pretense and because the day is drawing near the night is almost gone because it is about time that we see the salvation that we believed because of all this we have to come out of pretense and accept the reality and move forward and overcome every issue every problem that we still have that's why we have scriptures in the bible that talks about lay aside say lay aside deeds of darkness this verse is not written to unbelievers it is written to the believers do you know that this book is not what we just read from the book of romans is not written to unbelievers it is written to the body of christ it is written to the church say church it is written to a church like ours the instruction is to lay aside deeds of darkness what does that mean the church is still holding on to deeds of darkness are you with me the church is was still holding on to deeds of darkness even today this word is relevant the church is still holding on to deeds of darkness but what to do the hour is almost near the day is almost near the night is almost gone salvation is nearer than when we first believed we have to wake up from our sleep 
and stop pretending as if everything is okay hallelujah and receive help in the areas that we need help god is speaking to somebody here some of you need help sometimes you know i i i get irritated i get irritated when you as a minister of god wants to help somebody who is struggling it's so obvious this person is struggling you want to help but you can't help because the person does not want help and that's how god is and with my children also i do the same i tell them you need help with this and they say no i can do it by myself at a certain age they feel like that at a, at a certain age we all have felt like that we suddenly feel very independent and we want to do things on our own we know that as children they're going to mess up we've messed up when we try to do things on our own haven't we oh you don't remember that big time i know big time say big time big time messed up all the plans that we made as uh, as immature people came tumbling down because we were not mature we were pretending that we know everything we were deceiving ourselves see if you want to progress in life you need to receive help from the one who can give help now as a little child they can receive help from parents they can receive help from teachers they can receive help from elders so when they receive help they progress they grow say grow if a small child decides i don't want anybody to feed me i, I can take care of myself give it a few days the child will starve would any of you parents allow your kids to do things on their own you cook for yourself i'm talking about small kids you cook for yourself you take care of yourself take a bath but you do everything by yourself that is that is stupidity and we must understand as little children little, say little children we are little children the bible calls us little children we need help i don't know about you i need help i need major help amen i came so far because god helped me and i know that i'm if i'm going to make it one more day it's only if god helps me without the help of god i'm not going to make it i'm not going to make it through don't try to do things on your own because god see god will not allow people to enjoy help unless they cherish help ask seek knock man you need to ask for help you need to seek help you need to knock for help and then it shall be given amen it shall be given it shall be opened so we have to stop pretending today the title christian can be so misleading do you know that the title christian can be so misleading you fill up a form and they ask you what's your religion you say christian that's as much as christian you know or you are how many letters in the word christian c h r i s t i a n nine letters those nine letters that you use to fill up a form is as good it gets for you being a christian for some of you it is a very misleading word the title born again can be misleading we use it loosely when it comes to marriage alliances seeking proposals for a born again christian boy neerthu kaanumla ariya what is the condition so some of these these titles some of these tags are so misleading we have so many in the church who indulge in deeds of darkness why is that why is that we have so many in the church with improper behavior that's what the bible talks about improper behavior behave properly because the day is coming the night is almost done 
So it is time. We say it is time. It is time to wake up. Pretense has crept into the church. Whether you know it or not. Carousing, drunkenness, sexual promiscuity, sensuality, strife and jealousy are okayed in today's church culture. That's how far we have gone. The church, the epitome of holiness and righteousness and the standards of God have stooped down into accepting the norms of this world. Deeds of darkness are prevailing inside the church and God will not allow that to happen. Because Jesus is the one who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, shall not prevail against it. So you have to wake up. The church must wake up, respond, say respond. And it's because it is time to put away with our uh, improper behavior. And it is time to put on proper behavior. It is time to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And to make no provision for the flesh with regard to its lust. Have you put on Christ? How often do you put on Christ? How often do you put on Christ? Behind every deed there is a thought, a thought process. Behind every thought process there is a, a philosophy, say philosophy, an understanding. So look at that, we are dealing with deeds, but behind every deed there is a thought in the mind. Behind every thought that you entertain, there is a philosophy that you hold on to, an understanding that you hold on to. So to fix your deeds, you must address what? The thoughts. To fix your thoughts, you must address what? The understanding, the teaching, the philosophy that you have. The mistake that we commonly make is we address the deed, the wrong deed. Not realizing the wrong deed is a result of a wrong thought. And we, we try to fix the thought process. It will not happen unless you fix the, the understanding that goes behind the thought. Now I would like to turn your attention. We're going to look at a certain character in the Bible. And uh, although being a Christian for so many years now, so many years now, when I say so many, I'm talking about some 20 years, I still don't know whether this man can be considered quite a hero in the Bible. There is even a book in the Bible named after him. But not many of you would remember his name with excitement. Joshua, Samuel, Ezra, Nehemiah, Job, Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Solomon is uh, Songs of Solomon, okay? Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Nahum, Micah, Habakkuk, Sephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, James, Peter, Jude. All these are names of the books in the Bible. I missed out one name. You didn't even notice. That's how... That's right. I'm talking about, said Jonah. The Bible talks about this person by the name Jonah. Jonah, the son of Amittai. So when we study about purity in deeds and studying on actions, a study on this character, I feel, will be quite an eye-opener. Who was Jonah? Let's go to Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. To whom will come the word of the Lord? Especially in the Old Testament context. Say prophets. So the very introductory line in this book itself tells us that Jonah was a... Because the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. And those who received God's word in this manner in the Old Testament were only those who were appointed as prophets by God. So Jonah was a... Say it loud. Some call him the reluctant prophet. 
some call him the runaway prophet the prophet who ran away some call him the fleeing prophet we'll come to all that in a while we'll consider those details but before which what does the word jona mean said dove jona means dove no wonder he he was flying say flying jona was flying he fled was fleeing let's keep reading jona chapter 1 verse 2 arise go to nineveh the great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me but jona rose up to flee to tarshish from the presence of the lord so went up to joppa found a ship which was going to tarshish paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to tarshish from the presence of the lord hallelujah god gave this prophet a very straightforward instruction what was that arise go to nineveh the great city and cry is it is it difficult to understand that much simple instruction get up go to nineveh cry against it simple arise go to nineveh and cry against it simple instruction even a child if i were to tell karen here karen go to that place cry against it she will do it why it is simple even she can process it even a child can process this instruction which god gave jona but look at this jona understood it differently instead of boarding the next flight to nineveh the great city jona went down to a place called joppa first to joppa okay a port city and from there he got into a ship which was sailing to tarshish now i wanted to picture this i don't know how many of you know a little bit of this map uh, i was trying to look up yesterday the this map because i was kind of curious i remember uh, looking at this sometime early so i just wanted to make sure that i remember it right so we have jona here he is from um the modern day israel the regions of galilee that's where he is from the bible talks about this location in the book of second kings chapter 14 verse 25 he restored the border of israel from the entrance of hamath as far as the sea of araba according to the word of the lord the god of israel which he spoke through his servant jona the son of amittai the prophet who was of gath hefer so gath hefer is from the regions of galilee okay so jona was here sitting in the regions of galilee god said go to nineveh so if you are looking at the map nineveh is northeast to him so this direction northward slightly east but jona decided to go south that is to joppa and from south he sailed to tarshish tarshish is uh, okay it's okay now joppa is modern day uh, tel aviv jaffa yeah and tarshish is modern day spain yeah uh, mediterranean that region so from gathefer he went down to joppa and from there he sailed westward okay southwest so that's where he went instead of going northeast so this man went exactly opposite to the direction that god gave him to go how obedient 
What an amazing prophet this is. God told Jonah to go to Sendinaveh. But he decided to go down to Joppa. And from Joppa, he took a, a ship. Went all the way to Tarshish. Hallelujah. So from where he was, Joppa, from where he was, is around 100 kilometers from his location, southward. And over 1,000 kilometers from Nineveh. So from this place to Nineveh, it was 900 kilometers. So instead of going 900 kilometers northward, he came, he went down 100 kilometers and then he sailed some 5,500 kilometers. He had to go 900 kilometers northward, northeast. Instead of that, he went 5,500 plus 1,000. So I'm talking about some, okay, let's say 6,000 round. 6,000 kilometers in the opposite direction. What was he thinking? What was Jonah thinking? Can you explain this to me? How can Jonah do something? He's a prophet of God. He knew that the word of the Lord came to him, not the word of any man. He knew that God spoke to him. Because he's a prophet. In fact, the Bible records of his prophecies. We just read that in 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 23, that when, when he spoke something, it happened exactly like that, according to the word of Jonah, the, the son of Amittai. So he's a prophet, renowned, I'm sure. But when God asked him to go northeast, he went southwest. Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness has come up against me. Who's talking? You're sure God is talking? To whom? Who's Jonah? Who's prophet? So God is talking to his prophet. But this prophet was reluctant to go and went in the exact opposite. Now, if you're wondering where is Nineveh, Nineveh is modern day Iraq. Okay? So it's somewhere like say Baghdad. Baghdad is the capital of Iraq. So, Nineveh is modern day Iraq. So, it's like, okay, now let me try to put it, bring it to your world. If God were to tell you, go to Iraq and cry against the city of Baghdad, instead of which you went to Spain, instead of that he went to Spain because that's where I want to go. God asked him to go to Baghdad, but he went to a city in Spain. If God were to ask you to go to Iraq, how many of you would go? So before you put a blame on this poor guy by the name Jonah, put yourself in his shoes. For your kind information, Nineveh was the capital city of the Assyrians. If you don't know who are the Assyrians, Assyrian was the, one of the most powerful uh, empires that ruled over the entire world. Almost most of the world was under their reign. The Assyrians, before the Babylonians, the Assyrians, they were dreaded lot. People dreaded them. In fact, if the Assyrians were to come and uh, conquer a land, they will do things so crazy. I cannot even mention some of those things that they would do. This is according to history. They would do some crazy things which will cause their enemies to tremble. They will kill people. They will massacre people. Like uh, no man's business, they'll pile up the bodies and so on and so forth. I don't go into the details, but that's how bad and wicked and barbaric this group of people were. The Assyrians. And Nineveh was their capital city. 
So God was asking Jonah the prophet to go and speak against this people, this Assyrians, this cruel, wicked, ruthless, barbaric group of people and cry out against them. He did not ask him to go and do an evangelistic crusade. He said, go and prophesy doom over them. That's what God asked him to do. So it was not an easy mission for Jonah. It was not an easy mission for Jonah. Now, you might think when God asked Jonah to go on a prophetic mission to Nineveh, you might think, maybe because he was afraid to go. How many of you think that's why he didn't go? The reason he didn't go, he explains later, the reason he didn't go is because he told God in the first place itself. The reason, it's not because of fear. So before you think Jonah was a coward, he is not a coward. The reason why he didn't go to Nineveh is not because he's a coward, but there's something else. Something else. But what perplexes me in this story is how can a prophet who knows to hear the voice of God and he who receives his word be reluctant and run in a direction opposite to where God is asking him to go? That beats me. What will be the reason? You can present before us many reasons. I mean, like one reason which he said. But how can a prophet who knows to hear the voice of God, who's convinced that he heard the voice of God, go in a direction opposite to where God is asking him to go? That perplexes me. And in fact, the, the response was in almost immediate. <laughs> immediate, lightning. Lightning disobedience. We talked about lightning obedience two weeks back. Now we are talking about lightning disobedience. Okay, look at that. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Immediately, almost immediately. And we must understand that his, his response was very intentional. Say intentional. It is not the product of some pressure on him. It is not the product of anything else. It was intentional and very deliberate. Say deliberate. He wanted to run away from the presence of God. But so the Bible talks about it twice. That he went away from the presence of God. He fled from the presence of God. He went to Tarshish to escape the presence of God. Prophet he is. Why would he do that? I was trying to understand why. Why did Jonah do this? What went through his head? When he intentionally ran away from God. Because the Bible teaches us that the name of the Lord is a. The righteous will run. Run where? Say into it. And they are. But what did Jonah do? He ran away from it. So if it was about safety. Being a prophet he knows that. If he is going into the name of God. He runs into the, in the name of the Lord. He will be safe. But so it was not about, it was not fear of safety. And Jonah explains himself in chapter 4. Let's read that. After God relented from the disaster, he had said he would bring about Nineveh. Because the people repented. That's why the people of Nineveh repented. So uh, chapter 4 and verse 1. But it greatly displeased Jonah. And he became, Jonah became angry. 
he prayed to the lord and said please lord was not this what i said so he's a prophet he spoke to god he talked to god he had conversations with god please lord was was not this what i said while i was still in my own country therefore in order to forestall this i fled to tarshish the reason i went to tarshish is because i knew this is going to happen for i knew that you are a gracious and compassionate god slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and the one who relents concerning calamity he knew god so well jonah knew god so well the reason jonah went the other direction is because he knew god so well i would say he knew god a little too well seriously he got he knew god a little too well so jonah's problem was that he knew god so much he knew the outcome of his mission he wanted to see a different outcome in nineveh because being a hebrew himself being a israelite himself he did not want the assyrians to go unpunished he wanted the worst to come upon the people of see the flesh say flesh the flesh has a lot of things to speak to you do you know that the flesh has a lot of things to speak to you you see if you pay attention to the flesh the flesh will dictate terms with you to the point that even if god were to tell you something you will tell god the reason i don't want to go is because i know that you will do this in your spirit you know that that's what god is going to do but your flesh does not want that to be done i don't know how many of you are getting this but this is a very specific word okay look at me very specific word for some of you here very specific word it is a make or break word you receive this word it will change your future so when the bible says god relented from bring the disaster don't think that god has got bipolar disorder he doesn't have a mood swings he does not think in one way on a on a morning and the next day he thinks otherwise that's not god that's not god when he made the people of nineveh when the nineveh the city was still being formed and developing he knew that this people are going to become so rebellious he already had a plan he had seen a jonah whom he would raise up to be sent to that place he'll warn them of what would come upon them if they don't repent and they would respond to him the prophet knew beforehand itself that god will do this so what does it tell us about god his nature is the same his nature is the same his standards are the same when people repent he will relent from disaster that's how god is that's who god is abundant in loving kindness slow to anger but jonah wanted to see calamity upon the people of nineveh he wanted to see them destroyed he wanted the the assyrians to be wiped off because this empire had the potential to bring an end to the people of israel that's how powerful they were so as an israelite he wanted them to be destroyed their wickedness was so great but the story in that is mentioned in this book goes on to tell us how 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 forgiving god can be how merciful and gracious he is the wildest of offenders this is we are talking about before the gospel 
the vilest of offenders still found mercy now we are in this side of the, the dispensation of grace some of you need to look at people differently some of you need to start praying for people differently you written off some people you think that they, no no there's no hope for them god will never forgive them and i want to tell you god can forgive anybody god does not need your permission to forgive anybody in fact the problem that jonah had with god was that he is a sovereign god that was jonah's problem with god jonah knew that god will use his sovereignty to forgive them the bible says about god he says about himself i will have mercy upon whom i will have mercy and i will have compassion upon whom i will have compassion i will be gracious to whom i will be gracious to and i will have compassion upon whom i will have compassion that's the god that we serve the reason why we don't want to pray for people the way we ought to pray for people is because we don't want to see them in a good place the reason why some of you don't intercede for people the way you ought to intercede for them is because you don't want to see them blessed if jonah was mindful of their eternity if jonah was mindful as a minister of god if he was mindful of their future jonah would have responded differently but jonah knew say knew he was so sure that god will respond like this if they respond to his message with repentance god will bring upon them forgiveness who are we talking about a pagan nation and the worst of its kind god has sent prophets to israel they have rejected him now think about god sending a prophet to a pagan nation just for the sake of forgiving them who is this god who is this god that we serve that no one escapes his notice all of creation is precious to him all of creation is precious to him now we've been telling the kids missionary stories and you know we've been we've been asking them to keep their ears open to hear, to see whether god is speaking to them leading them prompting them if god is putting a a nation in their heart but as kids you must understand something god can send you wherever he wants to go you know why because god is compassionate to everyone is full of mercy you might not like some people you might have a problem with certain groups of people but god doesn't have problems with anybody because he created them all you have places that is dear to you you have things you have uh, nations which are dear to you you have cultures that you like for god everyone is on the same level so on the same level that's why he sent jesus to make everyone on the on the same level and god looks at people he looks at people like this he can see everyone but when we look at people we have a different arrangement for how people are before us we can we can see people towards the back we can only see people towards the front but when god looks at people he can see everyone alike and we have a problem with that that's the problem that jonah had how can god even think of forgiving nineveh of all places nineveh the capital city of this wicked wretched barbaric ruthless nation empire on this earth 
if i were in the place of god i will surely bring down fire and brimstone and sulfur and what not upon them and finish them up once and for all they'll be wiped out from the face of the earth what what to do you are not god jonah you're just a prophet of god god is god you may not like what god is about to do when god tells you go to nineveh you want to go to tarshish you know why because you don't like what god wants to do the reason why jonah went to tarshish is because he did not like what god was about to do because he did not agree with god the reason why some of you show disobedience to god is because you do not agree with god don't tell us it's because i am not prepared because i'm afraid but because i'm inexperienced no the reason why you show disobedience to god is because you don't agree with god simple simple so this man had some confidence he knew that this god will forgive them he wanted to somehow flee from the presence of god he knew that if he agrees to god he's going to forgive them so he fled the bible says he ran away from god how far can you run away from god being a prophet he should be knowing that he ran away from god jonah was wrong he thought god was wrong you disobey god because you think god is think about it that's why you do, you disobey god jonah disobeyed god because of that he thought god was wrong in this judgment i have no portion you are wrong you going to forgive them no i don't agree i am right they deserve to be punished so i'm going to run you can do this on your own god that's what jonah said technically and when you disobey god that's what you're telling god i don't agree with your plan you are wrong i am right so i'm going to prove myself to you that's what jonah tried to do he was trying to prove say proof i want to tell you the most frightening ridiculous sight you can ever see in life is a man who wants to prove himself you're like okay what is wrong in proving myself when you are hell bent in proving yourself when all that matters to you is proving yourself i'm telling you you are susceptible to mistakes after mistakes after mistakes after mistakes you'll go from one mistake to the next why you only wanted to prove yourself to begin with you were a mistake god was right you were wrong but you want to prove that you are right and god is wrong it will not work like that and i want to tell you that in the church i'm telling you in the church there are people who want to prove themselves man's ways seem right to him but the end of it is see the end of every man who wants to prove himself is destruction I want to prove myself I want to prove myself god spoke once you heard it twice doesn't matter i want to prove myself god spoke once you heard it twice but you still want to prove yourself because you you can't agree with what the plan of god you have your own pet plan say pet plan you pamper your own pet plan i've already made up plans i want to see this city destroyed i can't agree to god about to relent from bring the disaster that he wanted to bring over them because if i go and preach if i go and prophesy this if this people repent they're all gonna 
be protected by God. That's not my plan for them. God is wrong. His judgment concerning Nineveh is wrong. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Why would Jonah have this thought about God? From where did he get this notion about God? That God would relent from doing that? What was Jonah's problem actually? He wanted to prove himself. He wanted to prove that God is wrong and he is right. Why was he so stubborn in wanting to prove himself? He had a wrong vision. Say wrong vision. A corrupted understanding. I told you that behind every deed, what is there? A thought. Behind every thought, there is a, an understanding, a perspective, a philosophy. So to, in order to fix the deed, you have to fix the thought. To fix the thought, you have to fix the understanding. So the, Jonah's deed was based on a thought. What was the thought? God is going to forgive them anyways. That is the thought. From where did he get that thought from? From some wrong understanding that God does not know how to deal with people right. His philosophy, his doctrine was corrupted. Maybe because of past experience. Maybe God sent him earlier to a place and something like this happened. God asked him to go and give a doomsday message. He gave a doomsday message. All of them repented, accepted Christ, became born again. In the Old Testament sense, not in the New Testament sense. They all repented and got saved. Jonah was not happy. Because the message that he wanted to preach was, I want to bring fire upon the people. That's what he wanted to do. But that didn't happen. When he brought the fire to their hearts, the heart, their hearts burned and it melted and became like wax and became tender towards God. That was not the desired outcome that he wanted to see in this people. So here he probably had past experiences. Say past. So many of you are stuck in your past. You're gauging your future based on your past. You're looking at your future with the, the lens that you used in the past. And that's your problem. God can't take you anywhere to the future because you're still looking at your future by looking behind. That's a big, 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 big problem. It's such a big problem. Because you had a heartache, a heartbreak, Five years before, ten years before, you still carry the wounds. You are disgraced because your mission was a failure. Or it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. You, you still carry the wounds. You still carry the, the bitterness. You still carry the, the wrong emotions, the discouragement. So when God wants to use you in a mission, can you imagine the magnitude of this mission? Going to a place like Nineveh. To the most powerful empire on the earth, their capital city, and crying out against them. It's not a small mission. But God said, Jonah, you are good for this. Go. But he refused to go. You know why? Because he was carrying, probably, I'm just assuming, okay? He was probably carrying, because he said, I knew that you would do this. How did he know that? Probably because he had seen something in the past, which he didn't like. So when God wanted to use him for a major mission, he is still stuck with the understanding of the past. Your past can sometimes make you myopic towards your future. It can cause your vision to be blurred because you are still looking at everything based on the images that have been embossed on you or put on you by the things of the past, your experience of the past. God cannot use you like that. God cannot use you. God cannot make you walk forward when you're looking behind. 
one instruction that the lot and his family were given don't look back don't look back run don't look back run press on forget the things that lies behind see if i were to dwell on all the mistakes i've done in the past i would not have come so far we all need deliverance from the the pains the agony the sufferings the discouragements the bitterness the wounds the bad memories of the past we need to be delivered from that only then god can use us in bigger things i'm telling you if jona had understood what god was about to do he would have re- rejoiced he would have celebrated knowing that he serve a god who is abundant he knew that but he was not able to connect with it you're slow to anger abundant in loving kindness relenting from harm what a god that is what kind of reputation you can have because you're the prophet who serves that god but he wanted something else for this people are you with me hello you want god to use you in the future don't turn back don't turn back let the pain go let those memories fade don't use yesterday as a benchmark for your tomorrow don't use yesterday as a benchmark for your tomorrow don't use the past as a benchmark for your future don't use it it's god is about to do something else something new something unheard of i'm going to do something new will you not be aware of it will you not be aware of it god is asking you that question you would have failed the last time you did it not that you failed it did not go the way you wanted it to go god still would have achieved what he wanted to achieve through you but it didn't go the way you wanted it to go maybe you did not become famous maybe you are not accepted maybe you are not accepted in the mission that god sent you earlier you are not accepted you did not become famous it did not give you a big break nevertheless god did what he wanted to do through you now you are worried okay now in this new mission if i'm going to do this i'm not going to get no benefit that can prevent you from seeing looking at the future i'm sure that jonah was one of a kind prophet had it not been so god would not have entrusted him with such a powerful mission go to the capital city of the nation which your people dread and prophesy against them he disagreed he disagreed see this thing is your actions will run opposite to god if you don't agree with god's judgment concerning your life your actions we're talking about purity in deeds your actions your deeds will run opposite in a different tangent to that of god's direction if you don't agree with the judgment of god to begin with you must understand that he's a good god and he has plans to prosper you and not to plans to bring you to an expected today i want you all to know there are deeper reasons for your disobedience than what look obvious to others oh, i didn't do that because others might say paavo avan adhyavadi cheyunnalle he probably was not up to it he was not prepared for it so that's why he couldn't do it that's why he didn't do it those things will work amongst that will work with man but god can see beyond that the real reason for your disobedience is none of those things it is simply 
because you did not agree with god simple you do not trust the judgment of god the issue with every man with regards to obedience is a trust issue yes yes come here can you come here kathleen come here come here let's say that this is my youngest can stand here let's say she is in great danger okay and the only person who can help her is me and i only have one way to help her out of the danger can you imagine what are you want i don't want to put uh, any images into your mind just imagine a situation that she is in a, a great danger the only person who can help her is me yeah and there's only one way to help her also now if she is not going to trust me to help her with that situation she is not going to come out of it she is not going to obey so the obedience is now a matter of say trust but if she can trust me okay that's my father do if i do exactly what he tells me to do it'll be good for me i'll be safe then she will do anything i tell her i getting what i'm saying so our problem with obedience is this you know others can give a lot of reasons for your disobedience uh, but that's because she is young she is small the problem is she should be able to trust me or not if she can trust me there is no problem if you can trust god there is no problem those who seek him must believe that he is a he is a rewarder say rewarder those who seek him must believe that he is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him that's right he's a rewarder is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him but if you don't trust the rewarding of god you will have your own plans when god says go to nineveh you will go to tarshish because you feel that tarshish is better for me because you can't agree with what god said trust and obey there is no other way to be happy in jesus but to trust and obey and i want to tell you okay now you all look uh, emotionless when i look at you but i want you to know that some of you have tarshish you are entertaining the thoughts of tarshish when god has asked you to be in nineveh you're on the way to joppa you're on the way to joppa wanting to catch the next ship you want to go to tarshish because it's a city of trade is a city of commerce i'm going to stop this business of prophecy i'm going to stop this business of serving god i'm going to go and do something else the the grass looks much greener in tarshish see this is where they like they say the rubber meets the road when it comes to the point of you being able to trust god for for the simple things that he tells you simple things do this okay does not look so appealing does not look so lucrative there's no money involved my salary does not look fat uh, i don't see a future i don't see anything but what to do god said okay i'm going to do it that's trust because god said i'm going to do it you know why because he can see what i cannot see because i know that his judgment is correct my judgment is wrong God's judgment concerning Nineveh was right because they repented he wanted to deliver them. But Jonah was said no 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 that is not right you must destroy them. Wrong judgment. 
So if you want to serve God, you must go by God's judgment. If you want to walk with Jesus, you have to go by his judgment, not by your judgment. So get rid of the thoughts of Tarshish. Oh, for, for, for some of you, the Tarshish is written in big letters. It's, it's in calligraphy and all. Nineveh is like all uh, slim, uh, scribbled, that's right, thank you. Scribbled, scribbled script, Nineveh. But Tarshish in multicolored calligraphy. Imagine that. It's colorful. Business, it's big. Ships go to Tarshish. But to Nineveh, you have to walk maybe. I know big fish awaits. So Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare and went down into it with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. The Lord hurled a great wind on the sea. I mean, I don't understand. This prophet, what did he think? How did he even think that he's going to reach Tarshish? He just disobeyed, blatantly disobeyed the God whom he served. That beats me. I, I don't know why. The Lord hurled a great wind on the sea and there was a great storm on the sea so that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors, sailors become afraid and every man cried to his God and they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship, lain down and fallen sound. <sighs> he was... Sound? So, sound asleep. Snoring away. People can't sleep for three different reasons. One, when they're so tired. Two, when they want to escape from reality. Three, they can see it as a spiritual exercise. Do you know that? Sleeping can be a spiritual exercise. How many of you know that? Great things happened when people slept. Great things happened. They saw great things. They went to the future and came back when they slept. They found their mission field when they slept. Your sleep must be so intentional to receive from God. Some of you sleep only when, like you know, you're putting matchsticks to keep you awake because there is work to be done. Some of us are like that. We push it. We push it to the max. We are so driven by task. We are so driven by jobs. We are so driven by the work that we have at hand. And we sleep when we can't move anymore. And you drop dead in sleep. But you can make your sleep very deliberate, very intentional. You can be an open vessel when you sleep. Something I had learned. I'm learning that. I'm asking the Lord to teach me to sleep so I can receive instructions when I sleep. You can make your mind very clear and prepare to receive from God dreams and visions in the night when you sleep. Three kinds of sleep. What is the first one? When you are tired, you knock off. Two, escaping from reality. That's what Jonah did. He was not tired. He was not... Uh, intentional in his sleep. He was not, it was not a spiritual exercise for him. 
he was trying to escape from the reality okay now let me just sleep i don't want to keep awake because if i stay awake i'll be too terrified and three is intentional spiritual exercise he would have looked very normal to the the sailors when he came okay give me a ticket to tarshish oh this man looks smart he looks like a a man on the go on the move all the time because he was coming fast all the way from where he was he came speeding up and people who would have looked at him okay now this man is on the move he's fast that means he must be a big business guy or somebody so he came he probably had something so maybe he's going to tarshish of all places people are going to tarshish a businessman so this guy must be some business magnet so they allowed him in because he also wanted a ticket business class when everybody else were afraid of what was happening he was sound asleep why because he went down quiet corner of that ship he traveled business class he had the provision to pay the fare of that ship from where did he get that at least when you pay for something shouldn't that create some oh how can i do this my god whom i served gave me this money how can i use it in disobeying god how many of you feel that you not felt that i felt that when i do something which i know that god is not pleased with i'll say okay, how can i even even think of spending money on this god god does not like this why should i go after this this is not something that god is pleased with so it's it's a good way to practice uh, financial management now you 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 think before you spend you get okay is god pleased with this is god pleased with this if if, if he is not pleased then i can the money will remain with you by the way you can use it for something else so he spent money to get a business class ticket on a ship to tarshish and he was sound asleep the people all the sailors thought okay this guy looks like a top guy high flyer he is allowed him in he, nobody knew that this guy will be a problem guy because had they known they would not have cast lots to find out who's the problem so it was unusual say unusual it is unusual unusual so they, when this happened they knew this is unusual this sea is never like this 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 wind the storms will never happen in this route so this is unusual something supernatural is happening so they wanted the all the men cried out to their gods they threw all the cargo look at how much loss loss of time loss of money loss of cargo loss of resources loss of peace why because somebody is sleeping under the deck somebody was not supposed to be there is sleeping in the ship they did all that and they're crying and they're wailing and they went down and they they come to this vip room they open they see this prophet so that's also their prophet jona the title is also there so this must be a a prophet who is also into business prophets who do business can do well because they know wisely how to invest this guy is some great guy prophet jona going to tarshish to do business so they gave him all the privilege and then when they opened they looked they see him sleeping the rest of the ship every single soul on, on that ship is crying wailing doing something to make sure that the ship stays afloat so the captain approached him and said how is it that you are sleeping get up call on your god perhaps your god will be concerned about us so that we will not perish now the captain is prophesying to the prophet i mean you must understand something when you are not in line 
God can use donkeys to prophesy to you. God can use the unbeliever to prophesy because somehow this message has to come into your head. You are on your own. You want to do this. You are so, you are so stubborn, stiff-necked, obstinate. You want to do this. God doesn't want you to do it. God will send everyone possible. He will send the storm. He will send the wind. He will send the sailor who is, an, uh, who is a heathen to tell you you are on the wrong ship. But still it's up to you to respond right or wrong. Thankfully, Jonah responded. Praise God, he responded right. At least we have a story to say. It's story to consider. So this, this captain came to him and said, why are you sleeping? How can you sleep? Please get up. Call on your God. Do something about this. Maybe, who knows, maybe your God will intervene with this situation and, and we all will not perish. And each man said to his mate, come, let us cast Lord. So they didn't know that this guy is the problem yet. Come, let us cast lords, so we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. Look at that. God can use Lord system also. So everything is prophetic. See, the, in the life of a prophet, everything is prophetic. In the life of a prophet, everything is prophetic. The wind is prophetic. The, the room that you're sleeping in is prophetic. Everything is prophetic. Everything is prophetic. Lord's prophetic. The, the pick of the Lord, the draw of Lord's. Everything is prophetic. Verse 7. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Ah, finally. Now they know why. So they said to him, tell us now on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? So now they're confused. Prophet, businessman, who are you? And where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord God. <laughs> I what? <laughs> Do you really fear the Lord God? I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men became extremely frightened and they said to him, How could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So he told them everything. I am a Hebrew. We even have told I am a prophet. God wanted me to go to this place but I am fleeing from the presence of God. I am going in the opposite direction. And they're asking, why? How could you do this? Why did you get on this ship? Yeah, I wanted to know that when you're disobeying God, you are putting not yourself in danger, you are putting others into danger. This is something you must know. The number of times I've seen this with these eyes. When people are disobedient and they flock with others, they put the entire group of people in danger. This one person who's not hearing from God who is rebelling against God, will put an entire group into danger. Storms and winds and rough sea and everything will come. You know why? Because God has to somehow get this man out. Loss of money, loss of time, loss of resources, loss of peace. Wastage. Everything wasted. Why? Because one man disobeyed God. I hope you understand the value of obedience unto God. Obeying God. All it took was 900 kilometers journey northeast. He went down. He spent money. He paid the fare to go on the ship, business class, to Tarshish. He got all the people into misery. He got all of them into danger. They were almost at the verge of losing their lives. Some of you have to think about where you are. Are you walking in obedience? Are you walking with Jesus or are you walking in the opposite direction? Are you, are you 
pampering your own plan? Do you have a Tarshish in your life? But God has spoken to you in Nineveh. Some of you, God has spoken to you in Nineveh a hundred times. You're still waiting for God to tell you where. Because you can't let go of Tarshish. Tarshish is so dear. Grass is greener. Money. Fame. Good reputation. I can start all over again. Nobody will know me. Nobody will remember me as the prophet who failed. Nobody will know me as the prophet who ran away. I can start all over again. I can do some other work. If God has called you to be his servant, you run left, right, center. You run north, south. You run all around the earth. Doesn't matter. God will still be after you. You will never settle in life until and unless you decide to settle down and say, God, here I am, use me. Till that point, you will be running from pillar to post. You will be wasting a lot of time. You will be wasting a lot of money. You will be wasting a lot of energy. Disobedience will cost a lot. It will cost a lot. A man set to prove himself can look sorted on the outside. Now, some of you have this wrong understanding that um, people who are doing well, people who look sorted, are on the right track. I wanted to know, most likely, the people who look settled and, 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 and at peace, sleeping all the time, the man was sleeping. He had a ticket to Tarshish. He looked like a high flyer. From the outside, nothing was wrong. They couldn't figure out that this man was the reason for their, the storm. So don't fall for what you see on the outside. Don't fall for the outwardly appearance. See, there are a lot of things you must understand here. When Samuel, as a prophet, okay, heard from God, he heard the voice of God as a kid, he grew up and God told him, go to Saul and anoint him as king. And you will know him by the looks. A person who's tallest, the, the highest stature and all, that's the guy, anoint him as king. But the second time God sent him to show him who his pick was, Samuel went with the old understanding. Is walking with the wrong understanding. Not wrong understanding, but the old experience. Say experience. The past, experience of the past. So he's looking at the future with the past lens. Okay, the eldest in the family, just his first son. He thought, okay, maybe this is the guy. He looks strong. He looks muscular, macho. God said, no. Second guy came. He thought, okay, maybe this guy. Okay, let me know. God said, no. Okay. Third guy came. So surely this is the one. I'm gonna. God said, no. Four, five, six, seven. They all came by. And went by. For, I'm sure that for all of them, he thought this is the guy. The next king of Israel. Because he was looking at them with the, the past experience. And God finally said, no. I don't look at the outwardly. I look at the heart. And then David came. He was beckoned from the field. He was taking care of the father's sheep in the field. He was beckoned from the field to come. And he anointed, and God said, this is the guy, anoint him as king. So just because somebody looks like a high flyer doesn't mean that he's sorted with God. Just because somebody seems to be flying business class doesn't mean that he's sorted with God. A man on a mission is not going to share with you his dreams. A man on a mission will share with you God's dreams. 
if people have lots to talk about their dreams their ambitions what they want to do what they want to achieve what they want to be in future that means that they are not obeying god but if they're going to tell you about what god has told them if their excitement is about where god is taking them to then you are with the right person amen don't get lured by the the pull of tarshish tarshish will beckon you come 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 what are you deserting in the place of tarshish a place where god wants you to be used to save thousands of people in fact the number is many 150000 or something like that that's the number of people there are there in this land one man's obedience can save them from calamity one man's obedience to god all he has to do is go there stand and cry against this land and then when god says shut up shuts up the rest god will do but he, he reluctantly disobeyed god he, he was reluctant to go he disobeyed god a rebelling christian walking without purpose is far more dangerous to you than an unbeliever friend we have left most of us have left most of the unbeliever friends but do you have some some believer friends so called believers who hang out with you with no purpose disobedient to god to the core when god told them in a way they are going to tarshish and you want to be with them i'm telling you the ship will hit the storm don't put other people's life in jeopardy because you are set to prove yourself be careful of people who are driven by wanting to prove themselves be careful of people who use ministry as a cover up for self promotion for sordid gain the bible warns about them be careful of people who always seem to be so busy john all looks so busy is running is coming coming to the to joppa where is he coming i'm coming from com, coming from galilee you have a bag where are you going i'm going to tarshish i want a ticket give me fast always busy on the run on the move be careful be careful of such people always working always always busy no time to give be careful of people who have to check their calendar before they can give a commitment oh i need to check be careful of people who share their dreams than the dreams of god be careful of people who share their heart than god's heart when people share their heart more than god's heart it means they are disagreeing to god's heart jonah was in disagreement to god's heart you never know you may be sailing with a jonah hello you never know you may be sailing with a jonah before you get on the on board next time get on a train or a flight or a ship just check with them are you by any chance are you by any chance running away from dinave if so i would like to take the next flight and come you never know you may be a jonah jonas will bring confusion and chaos jonas are full of themselves jonas will always pretend jonah will burn his resources and other people's resources if you're running on god's schedule you will not burn any resources but if you're running on your own schedule 
you will burn your resources other people's resources everybody's resources because heaven is not gonna replenish the resources because you are running on your own hudson taylor's quote god's work done in god's way will never lack god's provision so if you are running on the plan of god you are running on the schedule of god you will have enough and more to do what he has called you to do because he will provide if you're not running out god's plan it'll take a toll on your finances it'll take a toll on your life it'll take a toll on your health but if you're running on god's word you will pull other people out of danger if you're not running on god's word you will push other people into danger look at that john had the opportunity to pull other people out of danger he refused that instead he ended up in a place where he was pushing people into danger god said go to nineveh jana thought no i have a better plan i hope you will discard your better plans today hello this is nisha dilip koshi i'm sure this podcast has blessed you do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected may god bless you